And we are live. I mean, I guess not really live. Well, I'm recording this, uh, but this is episode number 23 of Spandex Planet. Thanks for joining me here. Man, what a weekend for wrestling. Uh, we just completed AEW Double or Nothing. All things considered, this was a pretty fantastic show. Um, well worth it, in my opinion, as far as cost. Um, I think that not having like fans there is is certainly... It, it takes away from the show, but the way that they handled that uh, was fantastic. Uh, and uh, yeah, highly recommended. We'll get into that in just a minute. Um, leading up to that, some craziness in AEW on the on the go home show for Dynamite. <clears throat> um, man, so Britt Baker, Phoenix, and Matt Jackson all injured themselves to uh, some degree. Uh, Phoenix and Britt Baker were unable to compete at the show. Matt Jackson was still able to film the Stadium Stampede match, uh, which is fantastic. Um, man, so Britt Baker. It, it was just one of those weird, like, freak accident situations where uh, Nyla or Chris Statlander and uh, Sheeta had Nyla Rose up, uh, like, fireman's carry position. And I, I, I guess the idea was to, you know, do, like, some sort of a, like, a Death Valley driver into Britt Baker, who was seated in the corner. But it was just, like, awkward timing and the Nyla Rose ended up falling on Britt Baker's knee, which is a humongous bummer. So that was, um, not cool. And she looked pretty injured. Like she, she didn't work the rest of the match and, and you know, it looked, looked bad. Uh, so wasn't surprised. She was replaced on the show with Penelope Ford. Um, and then Phoenix, man, they had all of the ladder match participants, doing like crazy dives like cabana did a an acai moonsault and orange cassidy did, got vaulted by chuck and trent and did a big uh sent on atomico over the top and then i the first thing that happened though was phoenix who just he i mean he's kind of known for his, his his uh crazy dives but he he does like a um I don't even know i basically i guess like a whisper in the wind is what i would equate it to it's just a corkscrew but he shot himself directly in the air versus like out. And then there was like five guys on the floor, but nobody caught him. So that was, uh, that was a bummer. Um, so he, he hurt himself badly. Like he pretty much hit the floor. It looked horrible. Uh, and then Matt Jackson did a crossbody and just, I apparently injured his ribs, but I guess not to the degree um, that the other folks did. So that's always a bummer on the go home show. And, uh, Man, that that is a that's a huge bummer. Um, in the world of like WWE, uh, not not a whole lot going on. Um, Austin Theory, I think, is the biggest thing. I was reading that he was told to um, go back to NXT, but you know how dirt sheets are, and instead they kind of separated him from Andrade uh, and Zelina Vega's group and now he's one of Seth Rollins disciples which makes total sense um, it just seems like they're already going to play up the, the like jealousy thing between him and Buddy Murphy which I don't love uh, I wish that they weren't doing that just because I, I want to see this gain a little bit more traction and, and let us have crowds back um, 
as of this recording, Raw has not taken place yet, but the word on the street is that WWE is going to start incorporating some fans, and I used air quotes that you can't see. They're going to start using fans uh, in a similar capacity that AEW does, where there's like staff and uh, I guess some like NXT uh, contracted folks. And uh, I mean, it's interesting. That's a- It's been working for AEW, so... I'm I'm glad WWE got on the bandwagon. Apparently, there's going to be some sort of like barrier or something. Is is what I read. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. Uh, similar to like how hockey has the big like plastic uh, like barricade things. It's an interesting look, um, but you know, better than nothing. Uh, so time will tell what happens there. And then also, uh, it looks like Drew Gulak has been re-signed. I'm not sure what if there's like a lot of validity to that, but. Uh, it looks like he, he's back. Um, I'm not sure what the story is there, why he would, it would be reported that he's released and then he's back and, and what have you. Uh, so that's great. That's good news for, for him. And I think he, he honestly made sense to be, I, I, I enjoyed, uh, the Daniel Bryan stuff, um, that he was doing on SmackDown before the release. So, uh, I'm cool with that. Also, word on the street. Uh, there's a lot of words on the street. Uh, Matt Riddle looking to be called up pretty quick here. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know really what else he could do on NXT versus, you know, I guess being champion, uh, like feuding with um, with Adam Cole, which I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense right now. And WWE, is, I mean, I, I don't think they're necessarily hurting for star power, but, um, you know, I think it makes sense to call them up. I just, it's, it's always, uh, nerve wracking when they get out of the NXT bubble, because especially when it's, it's guys that we, and I say, we just like, you know, (laughs) like the, the internet wrestling community, um, guys that we like, um, man, it's always really, really tough. Because you don't know what capacity they're going to be used and see a hundred examples. But for every hundred examples, there's one or two guys that, you know, get called up and it makes sense. Um, and hopefully he's one of those. I think he'll be well received for most of the, you know, the mainstream audience, like casual fans. But it could be a little off-putting. He doesn't necessarily have a great, like, promo. His, his character is kind of weird. I feel like a lot of kids will like him because he comes out with, like, the flip-flops and all that. And he can have an incredible match. So I think he'll, he'll if he's paired with the right people, um, you know, it'll make sense. So that's really the big, uh, the big word on the WWE street, as, as I keep saying. I guess that's going to be the name of this segment uh, that I start things off with. Just dirt sheet stuff will just be word on the street. Not a, not a, not a bad name for that. Um, and normally I would go into my, my fitness section here and and talk about something fitness related. Um, and I do try to keep it and, and, and let me, I guess, shed some light. The reason that I do is just to me, you know, the whole idea behind this podcast originally was, yes, I do want to be able to, you know, just talk about wrestling as a whole, like in current state, but really a lot of it was my journey as a professional wrestler myself and what training looked like. Um, so audience wise, I assumed there'd be a lot of folks listening that maybe were interested in getting into wrestling and, and, you know, fitness is, is a part of it. It's, it's a very cosmetic business. So I think fitness definitely makes sense. Um, on that note, I just got, if, if you, if you are training a lot, 
I just got a Hypervolt, which is uh, basically like a massage gun. And, th- and there's a lot to choose from. There's like Tim Tam, uh, there's Theragun, and then Hypervolt. Hypervolt's the the uh, biggest like name brand one that's widely available. Like I got it on Amazon, just next day delivery. And uh, that's a game changer, man. It is just loosens you up, makes you feel great. Um, I'll, I'll do a... I guess I'll do a review on that one. I just got it today, but I, I used it a little and I already feel so much looser. It's just so important to take care of yourself like that, especially if you're training a lot. So, uh, definitely look at that one. Um, but before I got sidetracked, I was saying normally this would lead us into our fitness, uh, section, but because we just came off of a gigantic, uh, pro wrestling pay-per-view, uh, this segment is going to be geared towards that instead. And fitness will return next week. Save your tears. Okay, we'll do it. And what a show it was. So, AEW Double or Nothing 2020. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is like their their biggest show to me, their, their like biggest show of the year. If we were going to like compare anything to like a WrestleMania style show would probably be all in, but, um, I don't know. That was announced that it's going to take place, uh, September 5th, maybe. Um, but we do a fighter fest coming up. They're, they're still going to run with that. I'm not sure when Florida's going to start allowing fans in, but it, hopefully soon, um, so it was supposed to obviously take place in Nevada at MGM, um, but you know we're in a pandemic, so instead uh, we are in Daly's place. Uh, and then the main event actually took place at the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, which is awesome in a stadium stampede match, uh, which was the Elite versus the Inner Circle, and it was filmed the night before. And apparently uh, they were out until like 5 a.m. dealing with that. Uh, and then Jericho tweeted or, or posted, you know, the, it was the best thing he's ever done in his 30 years of pro wrestling, which, of course, set the bar extremely high. And uh, it, it, I mean, we'll get into it, but it, it certainly delivered. Um, so with all that being said, uh, unfortunately, you know, had to take place at Daly's Place, but still a great show. Uh, the buy-in was the best friends versus uh, private party to determine the number one contenders for the tag team championship. Um, and I said last week, like, let's compare uh, what I think is going to happen versus what actually does. I was way off on most things, as I tend to be. So uh, Chuck and Trent get the win here. They're the number one contenders. Pretty decent little match. I definitely notice private party. I, I do like them, and and they're they're good. But their matches just seem to have so many just botches in them. And and I don't know. They seem to be the common denominator. And even if it's not like a classic botch uh, per se, it's just like there's parts towards the end that just start getting a little disorganized and things start to look a little sloppy. Um, And that's just my opinion on them. I still think that they're great and they're very young. So they'll come back out of it. But yeah, best friends get the win there. Very cool. Going to see them uh, go up against Kenny Kenny and Hangman, and I could see them certainly uh, taking the belts off of them. We opened the show with the casino ladder match for the AEW World Championship. So there's nine guys in this match. Starts out with two. Every couple minutes, uh, someone else comes out. So 
we started out with both members of SCU, which was uh, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. And uh, I noticed in the crowd that Vitor Belfort was there, UFC fighter or former UFC uh, fighter, uh, kind of hanging out. And I'm assuming just because Tyson was on the on the card. Um, but he stayed the majority of the show, which was really cool. I like seeing guys from other sports, especially MMA, where I also have like a huge respect and, and you know, I'm a big fan of that particular sport. And when I see them cross over into wrestling, I always really, really like it. Um, <clears throat> other folks in this match, Kip Sabian, uh, Joey Janela, who replaced Phoenix. That was announced kind of last minute. Orange Cassidy, uh, Colt Cabana, Darby Allen, and uh, Luchasaurus. And so that's eight. And, and they were, you know, it. it is basically what you would have expected out of an AEW ladder match. Just a lot of chaos and big spots, a lot of fun stuff. Um, definitely, for my taste, got a little uh, sloppy at parts, but that's to be expected. Even saying that, it was still, like, a lot of fun. Then we get the mystery ninth entrant, uh, and the... A lot of folks were saying that Brian Cage was signed and it just wasn't announced, and uh, they were correct. He he is signed. And what's really cool is uh, over the last few weeks on Dynamite, Taz has been trying to recruit Darby Allen for something, right? Like, oh, I can you know I can help you, whatever. And Darby turns it down. Well, Taz is the manager for Brian Cage, which I think is an awesome combination. Um, I'm a big fan of Taz, uh, and so I've always wanted to see him in this role. I'm not sure what that looks like for commentary for him, but um, super duper cool. Loved it. Uh, Brian Cage came out just a giant motherfucker and just killed everybody. Um, then they literally buried him uh, under a bunch of shit and guardrails and stuff, and did like Joey Janela did like a Death Valley driver, I believe, to Darby maybe on it. A uh, bunch of spots. Uh, ends up with, with Brian Cage getting the win, which is kind of what I expected. I mean, I, I feel like he's going to get a big push. So he's the number one contender. Then they announced afterwards he would be facing uh, the, the you know the, the AEW champion uh, at Fighter Fest. So all in all, I really did like this match. Um, I believe I called Darby to win this. I do think that after Brian Cage and, and Moxley, who, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't seen it, but and, and I'm going to say it in like five seconds anyway, but Moxley retained. And so... I think that'll happen at Fighter Fest, and then after that, we'll probably get like a Darby, Brian Cage feud for at least a minute because of the Taz situation. Um, yeah, all in all, this match, I mean, I think it was it was cool. Um, out of ten, I would probably give this one like a six point five. Like I said, there was just definitely some. It was fun, uh, maybe a seven. Um, it was definitely fun, but there was just some parts got a little sloppy for me, um, and it was a little chaotic, and it was. But it was still, it was good. It was, it was a fun AEW match that I think even a casual fan would think was cool. Then we moved on, and we had uh, MJF uh, versus Jungle Boy. And <clears throat> it's not that I had low expectations for this match, but I've never really seen MJF in a match that I'm like, wow, that was fantastic wrestling. Um, his match with Cody was good, um, but I just never have been... Uh, like overly impressed with him jungle boy either honestly like he's been in some really fun tag matches i think were great but neither of them as singles competitors screamed like excellence to me and i was completely wrong this honestly was probably the best match like from a wrestling standpoint on the entire show um clean crisp i felt like they told a great story um they built nicely 
The psychology, like I said, with the storytelling was great. Um, MJF really just trying to to do everything he can to win and vice versa. Of course, MJF using dirtier tactics. It's a very just um, straightforward, classic style of wrestling, heel versus babyface. And um, it just that just works. Like it just always works every single time. It's an easy formula. It's easy to follow. It, and when you, it's done well, like it was with that match, it was done very, very well. Um, MJF getting the win, as as I suspected. Uh, and I think both guys, it made them both look great. That's a great um, spot for MJF to kind of move move up to doing something. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to go after this. I think maybe we get back with Cody uh, for some reasons. Um, but yeah, great. Honestly, I'm going to give this match like a 9 out of 10. This was... It honestly couldn't even be higher than that. I don't even really know what I thought was wrong with it. it the length of time was good. Like it, this match was 17 minutes, and I still thought it. You know, I didn't feel like it because it was it was just very good. So maybe even like a 9.5. This is a, an excellent match, um, and and really really impressed with both of them. So MJF getting the win there. Then we move on to the um, TNT Championship match. Tyson out. Tyson's jacked. He looks fantastic. They uncover the belt. Looks awful. Um, one of the worst looking belts I've ever seen. Then you see like, hey, it's not finished yet. The design's not even done yet. They just, because of COVID, they couldn't get it finished. Totally makes sense. You got to have something on TV. People on Reddit don't think so, but hey man, it is what it is. I get it. So I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed with this one. Match was not my favorite. Um, and I was honest, I was surprised that Cody got the win. Um, I'm not one to just be like, oh, Cody's burying everybody, and you know, of course he booked himself to win this whole thing. And it's like, look, man, when the, when was the last time Cody even like won on pay per view? I think it was like literally last Double or Nothing, like a year ago. Like he's lost to Jericho. He lost. He put. Over, he lost to MJF. Like he. He's not. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not on that bandwagon. But I was disappointed that he won. I'm like, I'm not sure. It, to me, it didn't make Lance Archer look all that intimidating anymore. I think that killed a little bit of his heat. Um, but with Cody winning, I, I just always know, or at least hope to know that there's like some long-term storytelling that's going to occur there. So I'm not, I don't necessarily have an opinion on it yet until I see where it goes. Um, but, uh, some of the shots that were hilarious was the camera cutting over to Tyson, like yawning and uh, dude, it was, it was very, very funny. Um, but, uh, and it's all over YouTube, so you can check that out. But Cody gets the win. Uh, he's the first TNT champion. So like I said, match wasn't my favorite. I, I guess I'd probably give that one like a, maybe like a five out of 10, you know, just very, like, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but it was just kind of bleh. It's kind of flat for me. Um, yeah, so it was fine. Uh, Cody wins. Uh, then we get Chris Statlander uh, taking on Penelope Ford, and uh, who is replacing Brett Baker. I, I'm not gonna lie, like I was very distracted during this match, and it was very short. It was like five minutes. Statlander gets the win. Cool. I, you know, I don't really see the point in having this match on the card. <laughs> like, I guess it's cool for Statlander. I'm never a big fan of having a five-minute match on a pay-per-view unless it builds something else. Like, it's it's integral to the story. Like, to me, I'm like, it's almost like a squash match. It should just be on Dynamite, you know. So I'd give this one three out of ten, maybe. I don't know. Um, then we had Sean Spears come out in a suit, call out Dustin Rhodes. Hey, I know you're retired, so, um, you know. 
announce me the winner. And then, oh, he's not retired. Dustin Rhodes comes out, takes all of his clothes off. Sean Spears is wearing underwear with um, with Tully Blanchard's head on it. Uh, Dustin gets the win. This was just I. Um, I don't know. I try not to be too harsh with this kind of stuff, but I just thought this was so um, pointless and didn't need to be on the show at all. Um, I I would have even liked, you know, give more time to the Statlander-Penelope Ford match. I don't know. Give them that extra three minutes or four minutes that we wasted with this because um, it was a waste. I, I don't understand what it built. I don't know what the point was. Okay, just got Dustin and Sean Spears on the show. You know, okay, cool. To me, I'm like, let's make that ladder match a 10-person versus a 9 and put Sean Spears in there. I don't know. It's just, you know, when he first came over to AEW, um, it was like, hey, he wasn't being used properly in WWE. Now he's going to be used properly here. And it's just, I he forever lives in that weird, almost like enhancement talent type world. And maybe that's what he wants. Um, he has his wrestling school and stuff. I don't know. Um I'm just saying this. I'm not even going to give this one a rating because it wasn't really a match and it was just kind of a weird segment. Um, I always like to see Dustin Rhodes, but I just it was kind of a little pointless for me. Um, then we moved on to the women's championship. Uh, so we had Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose uh, for the belt. Um, this is another one that I didn't love, love, love. Uh, it was good, though. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Nyla Rose matches that I love. Uh, I have seen some Sheeta matches that I think are okay. So didn't have high hopes. I think this one went a little bit long for me. Um, but I probably felt a little better about it than I did with the Cody match. So maybe, you know, if I give the ladder match a 7 out of 10, I may even have, the more I think about it, I think I may go back and that ladder match is probably closer to an 8 out of 10 if I'm being honest. Um and I think the 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 women's title match I would I would give a six um, a little better than the the Cody Archer match as far as entertainment value for me, but not my favorite thing. Um, and it went a little long, like I said, went like almost twenty. I feel I guess like seventeen minutes, but this could have been accomplished in ten. And yeah, it wasn't bad though. It was fine. I'm I'm honestly happy that she had got the rub there. I think that that's a great decision. Uh, and hey man, I'm happy she's champ. Then we moved on to John Moxley and Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, bonus points for Brody Lee's gear looked fucking awesome. I really enjoyed his uh, his gear there. It had like gray, dark order that kind of went up onto his singlet that he wears under his pants. It looked cool. Go back and look if you have not seen that yet. Um, this match for me, I it's gotten a little bit of hate online, and and I said this last week. And Brody Lee's kind of gotten a lot of hate. Anything associated with the dark order just gets a lot of heat for some reason or hate. Um, it uh, it was good. I, I don't agree with the consensus. And maybe it's not the consensus, but I did see just a lot of people that didn't enjoy this match. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was great. Um, a perfect amount of time went like 15 minutes. Both guys got to showcase a lot. Uh, we got Brody Lee kicking out of the paradigm shift, which hasn't been um, done, at least to that degree, uh, where you get like the big lifted like Death Rider one. And Man, um, it was very cool. I, I really enjoyed the match. Moxley gets the win, retains the belt. All knew that would happen. Uh, and he's going to move on and, and defend against Brian Cage. But I could see this this Brody Lee thing going on for a little while longer. Um, cool match. I honestly, this was great. Um, this one, uh, this one, I would give an eight out of ten. Also, didn't wasn't the like I said, the best match on the show was certainly MJF 
versus uh, Jungle Boy, but this one was great too. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so eight out of tens, the score there. Then we moved on to the masterpiece of the Stadium Stampede match. Um, what can I say about this? It, it, it truly was a masterpiece. You know, WWE has been doing all their like getting creative because there's no you know fans um, doing the stuff they did at Mania and like the Boneyard match and the the Firefly Funhouse stuff. And this was an example of what, how creative you can get and not take yourself too seriously, but at the same time, just put on an awesome like spectacle of an event. This match alone, I would have paid for the pay-per-view just to see this match. It was like 35 minutes of just chaos. It was funny. Uh, it was some parts were like brutal. It was so creative and, and the bar was set very high and it honestly even exceeded those expectations. This was, um, this is awesome. I, from a wrestling standpoint, it wasn't necessarily like a traditional wrestling match. So I, I can't score it like in the sense of like a wrestling match, but as far as like a show and an event and a spectacle, I mean, this was an easy 10 out of 10. Like it, they just nailed everything. I literally laughed so hard when Adam page came out on the horse and chased Sammy like, dude, it's unbelievable. Um, people were upset because LAX or uh, Santana and Ortiz like fake drown Matt Hardy, and you know, unfortunately, um, Shad Gaspard passed away recently from from Crime Time, and he unfortunately drowned in the ocean, which is horrific, terrible. And so, some folks thought that was in poor taste, but um, you know, it was just he was being baptized, or you know reborn from the the river of incarnation or whatever he called it in the hardy compound like it was it was a shot at that um or a callback to that not it had nothing to do with shad so i i don't i wasn't offended by that unfortunately we do live in that that world now where everything can be offensive um and i honestly could see why some folks may be um sensitive about that so um that was really the only criticism that I saw. Um, you know, there, here's your general like hater, like comments on, on things on social media, which just are there. People get on social media just to be dickheads. Um, and, uh, we'll kind of get into that a little more. Um, but it's, it's, you know, overall, uh, I think people really, really liked it. There was just so many cool spots. The moonsault off the goalpost, the never ending, <laughs> um, uh, Northern Light suplexes forever. The fight at the bar where Hangman pours the milk to Kenny. And uh, the finish was uh, Sammy was the only one left out of the inner circle standing, which is, I think it's so great. I, I've been following him for, for many years now, um, I, you know, since he's started making his way up the indies. And so to see him uh, getting a big spot is always cool for me. Um, we saw a one-winged angel off the top of like a, I don't even know what you call that. One of the bleacher areas all the way down to what was very clearly a crash pad that they showed on camera repeatedly, but covered in some like breakaway wood type shit. Um, so the elite gets the win. Another one I called incorrectly. Definitely thought uh, inner circle would pick up the win there. And we maybe see the dissension between the elite, but you know, that's totally fine. There's time to tell that story. I think this, this match was fantastic worth the price of the pay-per-view for sure. So that one, like I said, 10 out of 10, um, as a whole, I would say the show is a, a solid seven out of 10. There was definitely some matches that left, 
something to be desired, at least for me. Um, but then there were also some really, really solid matches with the casino ladder match, MJF and Jungle Boy, Moxley and Brody Lee, and then the, the stadium stampede. So definitely recommend this. Another just great show from, from AEW. They just, they know what they're doing. Um, they're very intentional about it and, um, they, they do it very well. So I'm looking forward to all in, like I said, in September, uh, hopefully there's, they can move venues and, and have, uh, a crowd in attendance. Seems like we may be going that way shortly. So, um, yeah, they, here's, here's to hoping that. This episode of Spandex Planet is brought to you by Gary Swan on YouTube. Gary Swan is a multimedia mogul passionate about the growth of the entertainment industry. He privately funds actors and influencers under his banner, Gary Swan Productions, and lives by one simple quote, quantity over quality. Uh, You can check out his YouTube channel, Gary Swan, that's Gary, S-W-A-N-N, on YouTube. Um, tons of videos there. There's a little group um, of folks that, that that films like vlogs and some skits here and there. Uh, you can also follow them on Instagram at Gary underscore Swan underscore YouTube. Another friend of the show is programmed for pro wrestling. Regular uploads centered around uh, pro wrestling nostalgia from WWE, WCW, ECW, the Indies, Japan, and more. They do post pretty frequently, and uh, I follow them and and love the stuff that they put up. Um, So that's programmed, the number four, pro wrestling on Instagram. Give them a follow and tell them that I sent you. So normally I would do um, a fantasy booking section right about now, and that would kind of close out the pod. Um, This week is a little different for a couple reasons. First off, after Double or Nothing, I really wanted to make sure uh, I got as much time as I wanted to to chat about the the pay-per-view, and and I try not to have this go over like 45 or so minutes just because I just feel like that's a good amount of time, um, and I don't... I I don't know. I just don't want it to be an overwhelming amount of time. Um, And until I really like grow my audience um, as much as I need to, you know, I want to keep it digestible so that if you just happen to be passing by this or you see an ad somewhere or something, you're like, Hey, you know, I like wrestling. I'll check this out. You don't like overwhelmed with like an hour, an hour and a half, two hour podcast. Like I want, I think 45 minutes is doable. So yeah. And if you, if you are, you know, in our audience base also, um, spread the word, man. Um, post it on, on Facebook, on Instagram, let people know, uh, if you enjoy it. Uh, and if you don't like send me some feedback, you know, let me know what you'd like to see different. Um, definitely more difficult now with, with COVID just because obviously I'm unable to do a lot of the things that contribute to this podcast, such as train. Um, but you know, I can still, like I said, like think about things and, and build off of, pre-existing things that I'm doing. Um, so that, that, I mean, the amount that I get sidetracked is like unbelievable. Um, I I was saying there were, there were a couple of reasons that I'm not going to do the fantasy booking because first off, like I said, I wanted time for AEW. Um, and the second off is just, man, it's been a, it's been a kind of wild and unfortunate and sad week, um, in wrestling too. Um, I, I brought up earlier, um, the the social media thing and, and people being just being assholes for no reason on social media um it 
it happens and, it, and it's been happening. But I think one thing people don't realize is like, I mean, they feel protected, right? Because you're just, you're behind this keyboard. You can say whatever you want with really no consequence in the real world. Um, and you can kind of say whatever you want to people. Um, and I, I just don't think people understand that they're still talking to human beings and it's not like some sort of like bot or something that can just take all this abuse. Um, and unfortunately we, we lost, um, a, before I get into that, who we lost, like, I'm not, I want to preface, I'm not necessarily like a gigantic, uh, Japanese, like female Japanese wrestling fan. So I didn't really know who this was before this. Um, but when something happens like in the wrestling community, um, it's, it's, it's always sad and unfortunate. And I just think that the way that it happened, um, man, I just, it, it's a huge bummer. Um, so Hannah Kimura, um, I, I've never seen her wrestle before. I didn't really know who she was, but I was, I was kind of scrolling through and, and this was the day of AEW, I believe. Um, maybe it was the night before, but I'm scrolling through and I just see like, Hey, like uh, Hannah Kamara posted some weird stuff on Twitter, um, posted like some pictures of like her wrists, like cut and like bleeding and just like, I'm her saying goodbye and stuff like that. And you know, this kind of stuff happens. Um, people post stuff like that. Sometimes people are like, Oh, this either, you know, it's a joke or she got hacked or whatever. Cause then the tweets were deleted, but apparently, um, she was just, she always got a lot of hate, but then she went on some show on Netflix called like Terrace House, I think. And um, let me look real quick before I say the wrong thing here. Um, yeah, Terrace House Tokyo. So apparently she was rude to someone on that show and whatever. I don't know. People didn't like her. Um, so she posted she was getting over 100 messages a day or comments of just hate and people trashing. And... Um, I'm nobody to, to comment on this, but I, I, I still, dude, it's just such a bummer. Um, so she posted all that stuff on Twitter and ham getting all these comments, like all I wanted was to be loved or whatever. And I'm thankful for my mom and all this other stuff. And you know, goodbye. I don't want to be human anymore. Uh, and then it was announced a few hours later, she did pass away. And it sounds like she like ingested some sort of chemical that killed her. Um, and she's 22 and that's dude, that just, man, anytime you hear that about anyone, it just sucks. Um, and this one hit like social media, like really hard just because, uh, Japanese wrestling is a big deal in like the wrestling community online. So man, people, I've never seen like a collective amount of people just really, uh, like sickened by something. Um, and man, I, I am, I was, I was honestly happy to see it. There's a lot of folks just like, Hey guys, like we got to stop this. There's a lot of people like, Hey, like I suffer from depression, depression. I got bullied online all the time. Like it, it definitely does something to your, to your psyche. And, um, like social media can be a great place to help you stay connected, learn about things that you never would have. And it's great. It's, it's great. And it's crazy that we live in a world where we can do that. Um, but you also there, man, there's consequences to your actions and just like, don't be a dick. You know, it's crazy. Um, how, how out of hand this kind of stuff gets. Um, and it's just, it sucks, man. Um, it's just, it's, it's a bummer. Um, and if you're, you know, those people that thought they could say whatever to her for no reason, they don't know this person and, you know, unfortunately caused her to take her life. I hope you feel like shit. Cause you, you're a piece of shit. Um, and 
and this is what happens. Like these are real human beings that you're, you're doing this to. Um, and it's, it's a bummer, man. So I guess if anything for me, just be nice. <laughs> I, I, I'm just more than anything. It just bummed me out. Uh, and then also earlier in the week, uh, I mentioned Shad Gasford, unfortunately passed away as well, um, uh, from crime time. Um, he's done a lot of stuff, uh, in the acting world recently too. I think he did some like motion capture for the God of War game on PlayStation. And, uh, yeah, he was swimming with his kid in the ocean and a big like current took them away and, you know, they went in to save them and, you know, he's like, oh, save my kid. And then he just kind of got swept away and they couldn't find him. And that's never a good sign. You just kind of assume he unfortunately passed away. Um, but then it's, you know, who knows, maybe he got, and he's just on some weird, remote island he floated somewhere you know you hope that kind of stuff but uh, a few days later his body washed up um, on venice on uh, venice beach um so man terrible um awful awful stuff man um it, it just bums you out to see stuff like that and that's that's the thing so like because i'm i'm not like training and whatever right now and my time is really spent kind of just doing this and and you know obviously some other stuff i I, I do try to get on social media just to like see if there's any like news that I think is worth talking about or whatever, but it just, dude, it's just such a bummer, dude. And even not like in the wrestling world, I don't want to get too crazy on this podcast and talk about things that I don't need to talk about, but man, it's just like, there's so much just bullshit happening and, and on the news, that's just so depressing. And then you see stuff like that and it's like, man, dude, it just, it really, uh, really bums you out. So I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't like to go on there and here's to hoping, you know, we get, we figure something out we just all stop just being shitty. Uh, life's really short and, uh, there's no reason to be an asshole online. If you feel bad about yourself, um, you know, could just feel bad about yourself and do it in privacy and don't try to spread that to other people. It would be my, my word. So now that I'm off my soapbox, um, I, uh, I was, I was training last week and I was just thinking about a couple things. The first thing is like, it's crazy how much better of a workout I get when I listen to music versus a podcast, like listening to a podcast and training is great and like entertaining. And it's especially great if you're doing cardio, but if you're like heavy weight training or like weight training in general, listening to a podcast is just, you don't get the same sort of like intensity. Um, whereas if I put on some music like I you know I I just feel I mean I can lift more I can go longer it's crazy um it's kind of a kind of a uh, a left turn of what I was gonna talk about but, but I was I was training and um I'm doing a lot of weight training like I said I, I'm trying to stretch a little bit not a whole lot of cardio um you know really just like walks and things like that um, but with the gyms being closed, like the stuff that I have here is certainly um, limited. It definitely gets by and I'm fortunate to have what I have, but um, it would be great if there was more. So I, uh, I was training and I'm like, you know, it's crazy how different training for wrestling versus just training in general is. <clears throat> Lifting weights is great, um, especially with wrestling, just because uh, it is, it is a, a cosmetic business. And I talked about that earlier, but you, you have to look a particular way. I mean, now not as much as before, but you still want to, right. You want to look like a, an athlete or at least present yourself as somebody that could fight someone and, you know, win that fight. Um, but there is nothing that prepares you for 
actual like wrestling. So like, uh, I, the first time I stepped back into a ring, which is just a few months ago, um, in, you know, six years, I took a bump for the first time. Luckily this ring is like pretty padded cause the guys is training it a lot. We're not trying to like stiff everyone out of the building, but it, it was just not that bad, I guess. And I was just kind of like, okay, like this is, Oh, it's like riding a bike. It's coming back to me. But after like four minutes of just being in the ring and just like lockups and doing some, some chain wrestling and stuff, I was blown up and like traditional cardio just doesn't do it for you either. It is such a unique and weird form of cardio. Like doing jujitsu is also like a little similar. Like it's just, it's extreme because you're exerting so much energy um, and also trying to, you know, incorporate techniques at the same time um, of, of like controlling someone. And it's just like the cardio is different. It's not just running. Like it's, it's a, it's a very um, intense form of cardiovascular conditioning um, that you need. And wrestling is very similar. Like you could run on a treadmill all day and get wind, but like getting in the ring and doing moves and things like that and chain wrestling and hitting the ropes. And it is just a unique type of wrestling and nothing prepares you for it. Uh, and I remembered that very quickly because I was so blown up, like half that training, I was like, bro, like I am just not ready for this. I am not in great shape and this is very difficult. Uh, but it was also fantastic to, to remember that I like when I was wrestling full time, like I didn't know cardio because I, I just, I didn't need to cause wrestling, you know, three times a week or so just in matches that were generally between, you know, 15 and 30 minutes or so each, like you just build up a great head of steam and, and my cardio has always been good since then. Um, like the first time I went to like a Muay Thai training, there was like a strength and conditioning program that took place before that. And like, I was just hanging in there with dudes who just do like, who were like amateur and or pro like kickboxers, uh, or like Muay Thai fighters or whatever. And I was hanging in there in this strength and conditioning. And I remember, you know, people saying like, Hey, it's, you know, you're hanging in there. It's pretty good. And I just honestly think it's from wrestling. Like it is just, it puts you in a different, um, a different state of cardio, uh, conditioning. Um, but the downside to that is that there's nothing that can prepare you for it other than just doing it. So getting in the ring for the first time in six years, I was exposed in a lot of ways and it was, uh, very painful. So I think like where I'm getting at with this is like, yes, you should still do weight training, incorporate some cardio when you can, just because obviously you still want to have a foundation of like wind, right? Like you want to be able to not die like walking. Um, plus it's just good for you. Um, but just know, like you just have to get in the ring. That's the only way you're going to be conditioned to have a match. Um, and it's important, right? Because if you're blown up and you're trying to give somebody, I don't know, something like a suplex, you can drop some on their head and snap their neck. Like it's very important that you have enough cardio, uh, to be able to, you know, control the pace of a match and, um, not hurt someone. That's the most important thing because somebody's giving you their body. So you, you, you know, you don't want to hurt them. And I had this whole like thought, I'm like, man, this is crazy to think about because I, I do, I do a lot of like supersetting, um, which is just one exercise right after another in succession and basically counting like two different exercises as one set, you know, and, uh, that'll, I mean, my heart rate is like exploding and I'm pouring sweat, but it's just still like, I just know as soon as this pandemic is over and I get back in the ring, it's not going to be the same thing. Like I'm going to, I'm literally going to die. So, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. If you're thinking about uh, training when all this is over and finally doing it, um, just know that it's going to suck the first few times, but eventually like you, number one, you build up a callus um, from taking bumps and it doesn't hurt as bad. Um, and then also you do start getting the wind and the cardio that's needed to continually like do drills, run the ropes, chain with people, do moves without hurting someone. So there is hope. It's just really hard at first. All right. So I got on a soapbox, talked about a couple things. Um, and we're just about at 45. So first off, thank you uh, for listening this week. I really, really appreciate it. Like I said, spread the word, like let's grow this podcast, man. I'd love to have guests on. I'd love to like expand on the segments and, uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear feedback. So, um, at spandex planet pod on Instagram, uh, at spandex planet pod on Facebook, um, on YouTube. Um, I have been uploading these. Um, so if you want to listen to it there via YouTube, uh, you can. And so that's on my personal YouTube channel. So it's, um, Josh explains it all as one word. That's Josh explains it all in one word. I post all the podcasts and you can see my old videos that I used to put up, uh, like, you know, 10 years ago where I'd make videos for like Prince David and, uh, Chuck Taylor and things like that. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, we will be back with fantasy booking next week. Uh, just so that you know, we will be taking a look at one of my favorite attitude era wrestlers. And honestly, probably just definitely in like my top five. Um, sometimes I bounce people out of that top five, but I watched a lot of his stuff this week and he is back in my top five for sure. And maybe he never left, but uh, I'm talking about D'Lo Brown. Um, someone who was in my opinion, just severely underutilized, underappreciated, and was just so good. Um, so we'll be taking a look at him kind of a career retrospective as I've been doing as well as some fantasy booking or just things that I would have done differently. So there's that to look forward to next week. Um, until then, enjoy wrestling, stay safe, wash your hands, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, just always do that anyway, even if there's not a pandemic, uh, be nice online. Don't be an asshole. It's, it's, it's not, there's no reason to do that. Um, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. So this has been another installment of Spandex Planet from me. And we'll see you next time. Or we won't see you, but you'll listen next time. Okay, bye.